the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are constantly looking for great examples to follow in life. And for a father, nothing compares to the text we see before us in Luke 15. Join us next. The ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us once again to Luke chapter 15 and a message called Acting Like a Father. This is a marvelous illustration of the depth, breadth, and height of God's love for His children and an illustration for you and I as fathers to follow. Won't you join us? Again, Luke chapter 15. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. When you came to God, did He criticize you for your rebellion and sin? Or did He show compassion? Move. And He did something astounding. He ran to His Son, threw His arms around Him, and kissed Him. For years, I just read that and glanced over it. Never any impact. I was studying it one time. And it told how that in this day and time, no one of age or dignity ran. It was kind of hard to run in those long garments, but running was for youth. It wasn't for age. Uh, It wasn't for those in positions of authority. You didn't run. The queen doesn't run. The king doesn't run. Uh, Prophets don't run. Dads don't run. The boys do the running. But who's running here? The dad. He broke all protocol. In abandonment, he runs to embrace the soiled son. He's more willing for the reconciliation than the boy was. Hear me well, hear me well. Pride is an enemy to reconciliation. When you're proud, you can't forgive. When you're proud, you can't run. When you're proud, you won't run to the rebel. You'll just posture yourself. I'm not given an inch. I've been right. I've always been right. And I won't let them know I've never been anything but right. And yet this is God running. When you came to Christ, I want you to know God came a lot further than you ever came. You came inches He left a throne and went to a manger. And from a manger to a garden. And from a garden to a cross. And from a cross back to the third heaven. God's gone a lot further than you've ever gone to have a relationship. He's put up with all the putting up. This is the humility of God that would save his rebellious race. It takes great humility to forgive those who are 100% in the wrong. You want to settle scores, you don't know God. If you don't want to forgive, you don't know the heart of God. 
You think you've been wrong? You haven't been wronged. Anything like the God of the universe crucified his fair son, his darling son, the Psalms calls it. I'm always moved by that. One of the Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 22, calls him my darling son. Oh, is it not moving to think the father would call him the darling? Why did Jesus go to the cross? It was God running down the path of eternity to embrace you and welcome you into his family. It was the trip he made. He runs and he starts kissing him. The kissing here is a a present tense, which means he kissed and kissed and kissed. And I believe it's J.B. Phillips says he smothered him with kisses. Now, he wasn't smelling obsession. There was no Chanel number five here. This was cucumber number nine from three weeks ago. This is bad. This is hog slop. You, you country or kid folks, you haven't ever slopped any hogs, have you? I have. One time. I nearly got killed by hogs. I thank God I grew up in the city. You farm folks can keep it. Just mail the beef to us. But raise it out there. I don't see anything about farm I like, except what they raise. It's a terrible thing to take the evening meal and throw it out there and watch these hogs eat it. What a description. Ceremonially unclean, hygienically unclean. The boy was not a fit thing to be loved. But when you're the father and you've got the father's heart, you can unconditionally love people. You can love them as they are, not as they should be. That's when you act like God. I love it when I think of this dad running down there to welcome this boy. As a boy growing up in church, willingly and unwillingly at times. Used to oftentimes a story would be told. I may not get all the details right, but the gist of the stories, I heard it and remembered it. It was about a boy that left home, had a rift with his mom and dad, and wanted to do his own thing. And as the years went on and he grew up, had some pain, had some tears, he began to think of a dear mother and a dear dad that he wanted to be reconciled with. And he wrote them a letter and he said, you know, i like to come home. I want to end this rift. I want to be one with you again. But I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to force you to do what you might not want to do. So let's do it this way. I'll take the uh, train into town and the corner where that train comes around by our old house. If mama could just hang up a towel, that would be a sign to me that I'm welcome. That you're willing to talk and we're willing to be forgiven and go on. If she doesn't put up anything, I'll just keep going. We'll call it even and just go on. Well, he began the trip home. He's on the train. He asked the conductor, says, remind me when we're coming to our house and that corner where my folks' place is. He said, I've got a special interest. I want to be sure I see that corner in that backyard And mom and dad had got the letter. 
And on that day, as they came around the corner, and the boy's looking out the window, he finally came to his old home place. His mama had washed every sheet in the house and hung it out on the line. Every towel was out. All he saw was a backyard full of white sheets, white pillow slips, white anything. Come home. We want to talk. And what God did to a race that hurt his heart and rebelled and walked away from him at the garden, he finally hung out a cross nearly 2,000 years ago. It says, every time you look at that cross, that means I want to talk. That means I want to welcome you home. I want to reconcile you. I've hung out a cross for eternity to say, I want to forgive you. I want to save you. I want to change your life. The pitiful part of the whole story is that there was another son. And uh, when the dad begins to throw a party, and says, bring the best robe, his party robe, give him a ring and sandals for his feet. Slaves wore no shoes, sons did. So he's not treating him like a slave. He uh, has the fattened calf killed. They begin to have a feast and celebrate. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he's replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry. And refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What's Jesus talking about with an older brother? We often never even discuss the older brother. But the older brother were the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They claimed to keep all the rules. They claimed to be ceremonially pure. They were the religious teachers, but they didn't have the heart of God. You can be full of religion and not full of God. You can be full of rules, budgets, Sunday school meetings, conflict resolution, all kinds of stuff goes on in this church. Do you have the heart of God? I know people religious to their toenails, but they don't have the heart of God. They're rigid. They're legalist. They're always in a holy huddle. They wouldn't know what to do if a thoroughbred sinner came in the place. If you didn't know the hymns, and if you didn't know all the jargon, and if you didn't know how to look just right, they wouldn't know what to do with you. They are full of religion, but they're not full of the Father. You see, the boy had been on the premises, but he hadn't shared the Father's heart. He had all these meals with his dad, but he'd never come to know his dad. The greatest joy of his dad is when his dad can throw a party for a son, and he says, I can't enter into the Father's joy, because the Father's joy is not mine. And I doubt that he ever had any pain about his brother being in the far country. He probably thought, the little rip ought to get what he deserves. If he never comes back, I'll be glad for it. 
But the old man kept looking every day, come back. There's no sin too big that a father's love can't forgive. We can replace money. It's hard to replace boys. We can replace cars. It's hard to replace wasted girls. They may not want to come back to your home, parents, if you're still trying to settle scores and have never sent out. And maybe you need to pin up a sheet out in the backyard and say, come home. I don't want to talk about the past and your sins. I want to offer you the forgiveness of the present. Pharisees in the church who are proud and always quote their stories of how pure we are, never knowing how close they are of going over the brink. Had a man attend the service three weeks ago. He may be here today. I've not met him. He wrote a letter, six-page letter. And about three weeks ago, we were singing at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And there's one line in there that talks about that he would die for such a worm as I. Do you remember that? Three weeks ago, and I stopped, I underscored it. Don't ever drop that line. That is us, wretched worms in our rebellion that need the saving grace of God. This man laid hold of that, wrote me a letter. He said, you don't know it. I came with my son. I just got out of prison. I've been a vile, vulgar, unlawful man. But I found Christ in prison and your church I visited. And when you said that would die for such a worm as I in my soul, I said, yes, yes, that's me. And then he goes on for five pages saying, would you care if I attended? Would it be okay to attend? I have to say, I've been around some Christianity that was too white and too rich and too clean for me. I want a place where sinners can come and find refuge. I'm reading the story of Spurgeon. I've read many of them, but this biography by John Drummond says, he was considered the vulgar preacher of London because he came from a country church at 19 and all the harlots in town came to hear Spurgeon. The pickpockets came to hear Spurgeon. You went that way to hear the high church folks. But all the folks in town that were getting saved were getting saved under this 19-year-old country preacher that was saying, Jesus died for you. He wants to save you in the roughest part of London. I've been around folks that have the elder brother's religion. My, they're a miserable bunch. They never throw a party. The most exciting thing they get excited about is the giving increase by 5%. Or that uh, their kid just got another scholarship. Or the kid's an executive. That's all fine and dandy. But there is a crowd that can be throwing a party all the time like we're going to do tonight when we hear the stories of people who came out of rebellion and their prodigal life and they accepted Christ. And now they're not ashamed to own him in front of this church. Many will be baptized, giving testimony of their walk with Christ. Ron Ritchie told the story years ago that uh, they were in a men's discipleship group. I believe there was around seven men. He's always doing that. That's been his great ministry, I think, at Peninsula Bible. And he told the story of how uh, 
one of the men in their discipleship group got in trouble. Marriage got in trouble. Morals got in trouble. The man got away from God, got into sin, had stayed out, broke the heart of this small group of men. They were saddened by his choices, and he went out there, and I'm not sure if he lost the marriage or not, but came close to it. And after several years in the far country, the famine hit his soul. There's one thing to make choices, but choices bring consequences. I see youth sometimes a little bit, you know, youth, we've all been there, just, ah, I'll do what I want, I can make it. And the early part of their life is choices. What we call midlife crises is consequences. Huh? Health, marriage, finance, back here in youth, oh, be cool, baby. Make those choices. Nobody telling me what to do. I'm tough. I can beat the odds. Oh, we'll watch. We'll watch. We'll wait. And about 35, the back gets weak. And about 38, the teeth are getting bad. About 40, the wife lost something. You know, whatever. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to touch that. I've got to have wisdom here. Uh, And and then all of a sudden, uh, they get their first semester report card on life. Finances, F. Marriage, D minus. Health, wreck. Recreation, work. Uh, Mental, read a book in the third grade. and it's the first semester report card on life. And they say, you know what? I'm not passing. I've made choices that have now come back to haunt me. And this man made these choices. He left. A couple of years out there, he contacted one of the men in the study. He said, I, I want to come back. I want to get right. I've made foolish choices. And I- God is working on my heart. And so... The men met with him, and there was a time of restitution and restoration. And so the men all got together, and they said, let's do something. Let's have a party. And they put their money together, planned an evening, have a party, asked this man to bring his wife. And that night, they said, we'd like to reintroduce to the group our brother so-and-so, and gave his name. And they said, would you please come forward? And they had him come up there and At that time, one of the men stepped out, and one man walked forward and slipped a ring on his hand. said, we'd like to welcome you back to the brotherhood. When the man got through having the ring put on, another man stepped forward, and they bought him a sport coat. They said, we'd like to put a sport coat on you as a prodigal that's found his way home. Let's have a party. The parties the church is supposed to be having is every time a rebel comes home to the Father, we ought to throw a party. If you pick up Luke 15, whether you like it or not, God's having quite a few parties. I wonder how many folks get saved today. I've heard at times that some days, maybe 20,000, 30,000, maybe 100,000 people a day get saved. Can you imagine how, how much going on up there? In the presence of angels, yay, another one got saved, yay, yay. And some real conservative believers says, why this demeanor? 
They hadn't seen anyone saved in 50 years. No, I don't want to party God. They've lost the joy of the Father's heart. But I have to say this, before you have the joy of the Father's heart, regrettably, you usually live through the pain of his heart. I think of my dear daughter. I watched at that door with her mother, waiting for God to bring her to her senses. Oh, I have a testimony that God brings them back. I say it by the grace of God. Please feel no boast in me. I have men take me to lunch and say, I've got a son. He's a homosexual pastor. What do I do? I say, keep loving him. Hate his sin, but love the boy. Pastor, I've got a child that's uh, dying of a disease. I don't want the church to know. Will you be with me? Yeah, I will. I'm ashamed at the loss, at the sin, at the degradation. But I'm sure Jesus would be there. The religious crowd might not show up. But I'd rather have Jesus than religion any day. Mark Twain said, Having spent considerable time with good people, I can understand why Jesus liked to be with tax collectors. We need to be acting like the forgiven. May God knock all the strut out of you, not by the far country, but by knowing his heart. I've preached this passage a few times in life. But as I tried to type a fresh set of notes for myself yesterday, I just kept wiping my eyes. Because it's the heart of God to welcome rebels back and try to get those who haven't done some horrendous sin to at least come to the party. Come to the party. Don't go to the far country, but don't miss the party. Our Heavenly Father, we are glad that we can attend the party without being in the hog pen. You've invited us to the party that we can say, there go I, but for the grace of God. I pray for parents who have a prodigal son or daughter that's breaking their heart and they're looking down the pathway daily hoping they'll come back bring them back Lord parents can know your heart like no one else as I talk to people of kids that they just want their resources but they don't want a relationship they want their money but they don't love their mother they want to be supported, but they don't want to be supported. Strengthen brokenhearted men and women, mothers and fathers today. And I would ask to help every father and mother to imitate the father's heart. Keep loving. Keep compassion. Keep looking. Keep praying. God brings prodigals home. We are all testimonies to that, for we were all prodigal at one time, doing our own thing, going our own way, 
disregarding the Father's house and the Father's resources. But in loving kindness and mercy, you waited for us. You patiently stood in line. You waited all the time, waiting for me to come home. Oh, Lord Jesus, you heard us when we cried. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, please do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not, do not pass me by. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.